Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the View from the Nest podcast with me, Dark Forest Capital. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, AG. We're both contributors at the Index Cooperative. And tell me, AG, how are you doing this week? Yeah, doing great. I mean, ETH is at uh, 3,300, so can't complain. And uh, yeah, I think just uh, enjoying the ride and everything that's happening at the COP, obviously a lot going on. And uh, yeah, how how about you? What's uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, pretty similar, I think. Uh, just buckled in and enjoying the ride as well. How high do you think we're going to get on ETH before it all comes apart at the seams? Uh <laughs> I think uh, I think this is a better conversation for like the end of the podcast where we just uh, go on a sort of random exploration of different topics. Uh, I honestly don't know. I think we can go as high as twenty, or we can stop here. There's probably arguments that can be made for uh, for both scenarios. Um, I do think that one of the ways I look at it is uh, multiple to previous all-time high. So if you look at like Bitcoin, right, previous all-time high was about 20K. So far this cycle, it's about 65, so we're about 3X. And I think that ETH should have a higher multiple over previous all-time high than Bitcoin. So I think at that, like using that, we're probably looking at like somewhere between 6, six to 8K, um, given where Bitcoin has, uh, is and, and kind of that, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, and I'll now reveal my master plan. The reason for asking you that so soon on is because it links nicely to the first thing I talked about this week in the newsletter, which is all the numbers that are going up across the board uh, related to index co-op. So obviously every week I put, you know, what's DPI doing? What's the index token doing uh, with the price and, and the seven day change? And everything was positive across the board. Um, I think the lowest uh percentage increase that we saw was 15% on CGI, which as a product itself, um, we're probably going to be deprecating soon. So everything else was like fantastic. Um, so yeah, every, everything's going up at the moment. And I just wanted to kind of summarize it all because we we talk about it in dribs and drabs week in and week out, sort of highlighting the things that have pumped or um, grown in, in AUV. But yeah, I just saw the numbers and I got carried away and I was like, right, I'm going to I'm going to put it all together in one big post. Um, the most insane thing for me was like the, the growth of Fly going from 10 million uh, AUM to 60 million AUM in the space of a month. And obviously it does that partly through price appreciation, but um, we have seen unit supply increase as well. People are loving the product. It's got massive market fit, uh, as with everything DeFi Pulse does. So it's really, really good to see. And as you pointed out specifically, um, we're absolutely raking in the fees on that one as well. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing, right? Uh, you think about it. it. It took us probably like until now for DPI to generate 3K per day. And so it's been, you know, six, seven months. For Fly, it's been about six weeks and we're generating 3K. Uh, 3K. Per day from that product, and uh, it's I think for the last several days, it actually made us more money than than DPI, and uh, it's just it's absolutely fascinating, uh, which sort of led me to think about like, mint and redeem fees and whether 
we should be considering adding that to other products. Um, given that, you know, like I think that'll be interesting to see actually what percentage of uh, flies revenue is generated from mint redeem fees versus the streaming fee. But I, I would probably think that a large share of it is from, from the mint and redeem fees. So yeah, that's something I've been thinking about. And uh, I've been sort of in in fly and, and providing liquidity for several weeks, maybe three, three four weeks now. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's obviously been a really smooth, uh, great experience. Um, how about you? You still sitting on the sidelines for that one? Ouch. Yeah. Um, that was, a uh, well remembered on that one. I did sit out and I'm regretting it all the way up, but, uh, I think I've got enough ETH to kind of be comfortable with the price appreciation alone. But yeah, that's the one trade that, uh, I definitely should have followed you on that one. <laughs> uh, let, let's not let's not bring up uh, SLP trade. Well, you've gone and done it now. Go on, AG. Do you want to do you want to tell everybody? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that one was funny. So SLP is the um, the in-game, the small laugh potion token in Axie that you need to sort of breed Axies, and and you you get it for battling. And uh, so, yeah, they were migrating to, to their own sidechain. And uh, there was some talk about, like, potentially different breeding dynamics uh, and increasing the, the prices, the breeding prices and pricing things in SLP. Um, and also, obviously, with um, on sidechain, right, there is no transaction cost to, uh, to breed uh, new axes. So, but you still need SLP to breed. So I thought that once we move to Ronin, like everyone's just going to breed a ton of axes and they'll need a ton of SLP. And so they'll go and they'll buy SLP because, you know, it's much easier to do so than to sort of play for, for a couple of days or a week to, to, win, to win those tokens. And uh, what also coincidentally happened is that you couldn't actually, when the migration happened, you actually couldn't sync uh, your SLP from the Ethereum to this new sidechain. So you actually um, stuck without like the SLP that you actually made. Yeah, so I told you this. And uh, like price of SLP was like three cents. And you just laughed at me. And uh, yeah, on... Sunday, I sent you a screenshot. It was SLP at like 40 cents. And you didn't comment on that either. So um, that's, uh, that's another trade that I think you should, have, uh, you should have considered a bit more seriously. Yeah, hashtag winning. I guess I've got uh, PTSD from all of the previous recommendations you've given me that have gone absolutely downhill uh, as soon as you bought into them. So yeah, you're you're doing a good job of rebuilding my trust in your um, your alpha generating abilities. Let's say, yeah, we'll, we'll see see where we get to. I think I did comment on it. I think you I asked you about the supply and you told me there was unlimited supply and you could just mint it out of thin air. Um, and that's what put me off. But clearly, I should have uh, should have listened to you more closely on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, nothing. Nothing a 10x trade can fix, you know, in terms of your trust in my ability um, to pick tokens. But yeah, um, I obviously didn't didn't pull the trigger either. I just got, you know, just got disappointed with your rejection, I guess, um, and didn't follow through. So, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so just just talking the talk on this one, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I just thought it was uh, it's really funny, right? Because it's it's an in-game token, and and like I ha I, I didn't see anyone talking about SLP as a play on on the Ronin um, uh, migration, but uh, it was like it was a really interesting dynamic, and it was it was cool to sort of see it play out. Yeah, so good experience for sure. Oh, well spotted on that one. It sounds a bit like the doge of the metaverse, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it and see how the tokenomics play out and interact with the actual game itself now that they've moved across to layer two. That'd be interesting. Okay, let's move swiftly on. The next thing to talk about is onboarding new joiners into the Index Co-op. So unfortunately, like I haven't been able to get too involved with this. I've been pretty busy recently, but I've been eyeing it from afar. And we've had um, a contributor called Pepperoni Joe come in uh, and basically wrangle a load of the stuff that we weren't doing too greatly um, with regards to onboarding uh, into like a really nice, smooth, clean process. Um, he's held a, a new joiners call to sort of introduce people to the index co-op, try and point them, start pointing them in the right direction if they want to get involved and, and contribute to which areas might be most suited to them. And yeah, as with everything that we're doing at the moment, it was just really great to see. And he's kind of worked himself into a, a solid position there because we were looking overall as a community for a, a community manager, somebody who can sort of shuttle between the different working group leads to share information and make sure everybody's across the latest updates. Uh, we're looking at like having somebody who's awake in non-American hours um, to moderate the Discord. And then obviously looking at you know, taking hold of this process and making sure we're onboarding people smoothly into the co-op and, and efficiently um, getting the right people, getting people excited and all of that good stuff. So there is a post on the forum now as well about this community manager role. I personally nominated Joe and Gav, aka Marvelous Breakfast. I think both of them have done a fantastic job of making people feel welcomed. Um, and so between the two of them, they kind of put their heads together and said, we can split this role because obviously both of them have other commitments in their life as well at the moment. Um, but it's, it's just really great to see like people often, again, sort of criticize DAOs or certain ways of working. And, and just to see this work the way that it has, we spot an opportunity. We put a forum post out, the community gets to comment on it. And we end up with two people who are like more than excited to, to jump in and start getting, you know, start getting involved in this. So yeah, it's great to see. And, uh, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I think there was definitely a need for for this, right? And like that's what's exciting. It's like if you remember, I think uh, Joe came in initially, and and he proposed sort of uh, to do some animations and and some short uh, videos, and then yeah, and then he just saw this opportunity that our onboarding uh, funnel just wasn't structured in any way um and and he sort of jumped on that and uh, i'm quite excited about it i think we've we've talked about it like on and off on and off on and off for, for, for months and we just we never did anything and also like for a while there we were able to manage the incoming uh, members without a structured process. I, but I think in the last uh, four to six weeks, maybe eight weeks, um, kind of the inflow of, of people really picked up and we do need that structure now. And uh, I think it was just like, 
it was perfect. I think it was just Joe being in the right place in the right time and and putting together a framework and just getting it done. And uh, um, yeah, really quite excited about it. And obviously looking forward to um, to both uh, Joe and Gav uh, sort of taking on the community role, community manager role, and uh, and driving driving that forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and with the process in place, it's going to be even easier for future Joes to come in, make that impact and make sure they're going to the right place uh, and that they're enabled in, in what they want to do. And it aligns with what we're doing as the Index Co-op. So, um, yeah, it should make us even more of a uh, force to be reckoned with, I think. Um, so the next item on the list was just a quick uh, note to say, Something that we talked about, I think, in the last podcast, which is the um, sale of index to contributors, Big Sky is organising a call to um, answer any questions about that and, and give a bit more context around it. I think the conversations uh, with Reg and Big Sky um, and the institutional investors have sort of been going on quietly in the background. So uh, this will be good to sort of share that info. And it looks like it's going to take place uh, on Tuesday. So this podcast might go out after that um, in which case I'm sure there'll be a, like a follow-up on the forum if you haven't had a chance to, to pop into that but yeah it, it's going to be useful for anybody who's interested yeah I hope that uh, we sort of record it and, and share it on the forum and uh, yeah like I personally I'm personally looking forward to actually having the call because I, I just feel that yeah I'm not sure myself what's going on and and like what like what's the status of of these conversations and what are the terms we're talking about and just like all the different details. So it'd be good to sort of get an update and kind of understand the terms and the timelines and and all that stuff. Because I think at the moment, right, the this, the OTC sale is sort of underpins quite a few things that we're doing on the treasury management side. So yeah, I think. I think we have sort of a few things depending on this one and uh, it, it'd be good to get an update. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, so big up Big Sky on that one for, for arranging it and pulling something together. Okay, next thing I'm really passionate about and uh, I, I kind of like was really pushing for this a couple of weeks ago and that was to get some people within the community like who have the experience, the passion, the want to do something around our website. So our website at the moment is great, it functions well, it does the job, but looking around at what our competitors are doing and what other people in the space are doing, I think there was an opportunity for, or there is an opportunity for improvement there. Um, and matching that up with you know, the design talent that we've seen from um, Mestigoit and Codemathics and Dev on DeFi, like, those three have really been pushing the envelope, which is great to see. We've had some some people join the co-op recently uh, the free and mad tfam uh, which is made up of uh, static one to one and caf um, so you might see those uh, around in the discord and basically we're starting to build up a bit of design talent a bit of creative talent and now they're being unleashed on working on our website so they've started off with a brand framework to make sure that they've like laid the foundation to say Here's the logo that we should be using. Here's the font that we should be using. Here's how you refer to the index co-op. Here are our primary colors, all of that good stuff. And that's going to come out really soon. Um, and I'm super excited to see like the finalized version of that. And I'm sure the community is going to love it. And then once we've got that nailed down, those guys can apply that to our website 
and give it the overhaul that it needs. Obviously, with the, the technical backup, uh, I think we've got Xerox Modine, who's really keen to get involved with this. Obviously, Dylan from SET is going to be um, sort of, you know, wrangling everybody, making sure it's all going in the right direction. But uh, yeah, something that I think is has been a little bit overlooked, which is fair enough because we're busy with a lot of other things, but it's going to have a huge impact when we uh, when we nail this, I think. Yeah, I think we've sort of, yeah, we've been trying to do this, right, uh, for a while, and I think it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine, like, how cool it would be to have, like, an awesome website that, that sort of reflects our brand and, and reflects our products, right? At the moment, it's just... Uh, it's pretty generic, like it's pretty standard. And for me, like one of the main things that I think I've struggled with in terms of the website is that it doesn't capture people. Like it doesn't allow us to design like a user journey that people can go from one side to like to another page, to another page, read this document, read this document. Like we don't optimize for retention in any way. And you combine that with the fact that it's pretty hard to buy off of our website. I think um, I've seen a few people in the chat uh, complaining that like the the slippage, for example, is much higher than if you go directly to Uniswap. And I don't know what's causing it, but we, we don't like it's such a valuable piece of real estate and we're not using it. Um, so really like really looking forward to the sort of the outcomes and and the way this could shift the dial for us so yeah really excited about that i suppose it's one of those things where because the token sets website is so good like it's a really nice uh, website to use i think and, and they've got everything plugged in they've got the graphs on there they've got the data you know everything's in one place so we've we've kind of been able to just let it fester for a little bit um but now as i say we've we've got this group of people who's like really passionate about it so um, it's, yeah, the time is now really to to move forward on it, and then I think to speak to what you've just said there about like retention and it's not yeah we're not doing everything that we can on it. Um, Dev gave me a few of the numbers and I put them in the newsletter. Like we're only getting fifteen percent of our trading volume from the the website, but then once we've done this and we've you know made a good job of it and we're happy with it, then we can start to really lean on it. Um, and then again, as you said, if we build out like a content hub on there and it becomes like a one-stop shop for all the things that we're doing across index co-op, then it's going to be, you know, it's just going to be exponential at that point. So it's going to be really good for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the point, right? Like you want people to come to the website and you want them to, to stay right. And, and they might, they might come for, because they saw a piece of research on Twitter, they clicked on it, it brought them to a website and if they read that piece and maybe they want to click on another article or they want to go and check out one of the products and ideally you know we have like fact sheets and we have stats and we have charts and and they can sort of they can they can spend some time on the website and if they do i'm sure um some of them are going to buy something so um yeah yeah like like i said i think it's it's a valuable piece of real estate and we should be we should be using it Something else I wanted to pick your brains about a little bit um, was you put up a post uh, just yesterday, so Sunday afternoon, evening time, about uh, Index Co-op as a DAO donating to Crypto Relief. And it sparked some 
superb conversation in the comments. Um, and it was interesting to see everybody's different points on it. And I just wanted to know, like, what prompted you to choose that specific um, charity? Like, why all of a sudden? Obviously, it's a it's a great thing. It's a, a noble thing and something that we should be doing as a DAO. And that, that was what was really interesting for me was that it kind of prompted that discussion. How do we do this in the future? But I just wondered uh, if there was something specific that triggered like your want to um, to provide some support there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I think, well, first off, I think the COVID situation is in, in India is just out of control. I think it's really critical. I think it's really urgent. So there was, like, in my mind, there was a real sense of urgency there. And uh, the crypto relief obviously was uh, started by uh, Sandeep, who's a co-founder at uh, Polygon and you could almost call it like crypto native, right? Like organization in a way. And so it sprung up from basically nothing to 800 members in uh, about a week. Uh, Shreyas, uh, obviously, who is uh, part of our community and, and is helping out uh, on the treasury side, he is involved there in terms of... Um, yeah, like managing like the reporting and the finances um, and uh, providing transparency. Obviously, like some crypto uh, personalities have uh, talked about it as well. And in my mind, right, like we've been talking about how DAOs have, like how the treasury balances have ballooned over this um, over this bull run. And uh, in in my mind, to sort of do something as as a DAO in terms of donating to to a cause it would be quite powerful and and if we could do if we could do that and if we could sort of inspire other DAOs to follow um, to some extent it, it could be meaningful. There is obviously a, a bigger discussion about how do DAOs uh, do this, but I think that is like absolutely our moral and ethical responsibility to to give back. And I think one of the arguments for me, it's like most of cryptocurrencies, most of DAOs, like all of, most of our assets have been created out of thin air by minting tokens, right? Like, and it's like the common belief of the communities and, and people who build these projects, uh, that's what sort of gave value to to these tokens that we created out of nothing and and so i think we should always be cognizant of that and we should always look for an opportunity to yeah to give back and and help when we can well thanks for putting it forward um at the very least it sparked a, a discussion like i said and uh, i think it's great to get people talking about it um without being like too serious about it i think that my view is that we should be trying to head towards something that looks a little bit like our meta governance plan where, you know, in the future, Index Corp will say, here's how we think you should vote on this because, you know, it's going to help the ecosystem or it will somehow come back to the Index Co-op or yada, yada, yada. Um, the same is true for if we're going to start funding initiatives and, and giving back and public goods, then we need to seriously step back and think about because we can't help everybody, we're going to have to pick and choose what is most aligned with us as a community. And that's going to be 
a very interesting conversation. Um, I mean, it's something that's quite interesting to me, and it was something that I picked up very early on in the index co-op, and I actually put on your post um, a couple of the guiding principles that I thought were pretty relevant to this uh, conversation and this specific um, this specific proposal. Like, making money is easy, doing the right thing is hard. Like, you can kind of take them at face value and say these are just words, but I actually think there is an opportunity to act in a certain way here where we're not constrained by, you know, being a legacy corporation that's been around for 60 years. I think the way that DAOs work, the way that we've seen stuff work within the index co-op is we can do stuff by rough consensus. Um, and it's exciting to me to see like new, like new ways of doing things, whether it's organizing ourselves or, you know, giving money to charity, whatever it might be. Like just seeing people coalesce around an idea, have really uh, respectful debates about it and then move forward. Like that's exactly what a DAO should be. So just from that point of view, like it's, it's really, it's really fun to be a part of. And, um, yeah, I'm just super, like super excited about all the, the index co-op and all of the community, because from what I can see in all the comments, like, it's just, we've got a great community of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is, there's always going to be this sort of trade-off, right? Between like responding to an urgent situation and long-term planning right and like you said i think we definitely and probably in my mind like every DAO will have this but like we all need a framework for how we can contribute to public goods right and we can say okay we contribute like 0.1 percent of uh of the treasury quarterly and and you have like a committee that does this and and like the DAOs that have uh, grant programs, right? They can just issue a grant for something like this, and 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 that's how we do it, right? But it, but in the short term, I like in in my mind, right? I think like, there's a crisis. Let's let's do something about it. Even just from like the signaling perspective, like even if we do something on a small scale, if we can like inspire others to do the same, then it could snowball. So yeah, I think for me personally, like it was a bit it was a bit frustrating to to get pull back, uh, pushed back on that but i think that's um i think that's normal and i think that's part of the debate as part of the conversation so um i think again like uh some of the points around like distracting from our mission and the financial consequences of like donating to something while we're still very sort of early stage startup um are valid and uh um yeah it's just i guess it's um like whether yeah i think it's 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 like this battle between head and heart right and my personal view is we should you know uh kind of be on the side of like just doing the doing the right thing and and going with the heart here and just um trying to to pay it forward uh, but i i do understand kind of the the other the other standpoint as well yeah definitely um, I think even index co-op aside, like I put out a tweet because I'd started to notice a theme, uh, especially just recently, even just this week. We're seeing like Crypto Kobe, if anybody watches Up Only TV, like um, they've been taking their stream and uh, raiding other Twitch streamers, like musicians, and getting them to install MetaMask, like teaching them about crypto and then donating a shit ton of money to them, like upwards of a hundred thousand 
dollars uh, for some of these. And it, like, again, you're always going to have this debate about, like, are they giving it to the right people or, you know, how do you select them or whatever. But the point is that people are rallying around this idea of, like, we with this financial freedom, we can pretty much do whatever we want and it can be life-changing for people. Um, obviously, Index Co-op, we looked at crypto relief. There's Gitcoin grants, which are just getting bigger and bigger with every round. Um, and then we've seen uh, It's Falcon Time contributing for like 50, what was it, 50 scholars into the Yield Guild, which means that those people are going to be able to get started playing Axie Infinity. And as we've seen, something that's quite close to the work that we're doing at the moment uh, with the Metaverse Index is that like there is a potential for people to literally make a living playing Axie Infinity. And having seen all of this stuff like come together over such a short space of time, everybody is obviously focused on price and, and making money. But rather than like panicking, selling out and going and buying yourself a Lambo, it seems like this time around, everybody's just sharing the wealth. Like, well, not everybody, but it just seems to be a more common theme. And uh, that, that's very exciting, something I've certainly never been a part of before, but it... Um, it makes me feel glad to be part of this whole thing. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, people who have sort of made a lot of money in crypto, right? Like you are in crypto because you philosophically believe in what crypto stands for. And if you do that, then like, where are you going to cash out, right? Like, where are you going to go? Like you still, you, you're going to, you're going to stay in the ecosystem and you're going to reinvest money into it. And and I think that's sort of the the virtuous cycle that is so fascinating because you see that from sort of individuals. I'm positive we're going to see it from DAOs with like the wave of new protocols and DAOs that have been formed during this cycle and uh, the amount of people that are getting in and doing work um, at these DAOs. I think like the amount of capital that's going to be recycled back into the system is going to be quite enormous, right? And uh, we're just in the beginning, even in terms of like public listings and IPOs, right? Like Coinbase went public and uh, you can you can imagine uh, Kraken or, or Gemini or some of the custodian solutions uh, going public and, and you know that that money is going to get recycled back into the ecosystem. Um, and and I think, once again, it, it's, it's, it's funny to me that if if you're outside of crypto uh, space, you don't understand this. Like you just you you don't you don't get it at all. And but to me, it's part of the it's part of the investment thesis to to some degree. And just picking up on what you said at the end there, I think our job now is to start to try and help educate people. And this is something that we've talked about before. Um, but every, every little thing that you can do that stops one of your friends thinking that this is all just a speculative Ponzi and starts getting them to understand that there are real things being built, that self-sovereignty is important, that, you know, the hundreds of millions of people worldwide who are currently unbanked or underbanked having financial, like access to financial products, like all of that stuff is super important. And that's before you even touch on the metaverse and all of the the things that are coming down the pipeline with NFTs and um, VR and everything in that direction. So 
it all just leads one thing into another. Um, and yet, like you say, there are still people outside of the space that don't understand this. The media are still feeding the same crap from 2017, like in terms of their summaries of what's going on. And it's just not true anymore. So our job now is, and, and we're going to do it with this kind of stuff, like as we start to donate into the real world and, and help um, people and projects the world over, they will start to naturally understand more about what crypto is and what the culture is and why it's different. And I think, yeah, it, it just continues to snowball. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, one other thing that, again, I think it's it's uh, something that a few people talk about just on the developer side where, uh, you know, I've seen quite a few kind of tweets that basically, you know, say the power of, of Ethereum is uh, that it attracts the best developers, right? And so we always have the best talent to solve uh, these uh, complicated uh, cryptographic and um, and and other problems in Ethereum, but it's true sort of of the entire ecosystem, right? Like in my mind and in my experience, like the ecosystem attracts people who are like intellectually curious, right? And and the people who just want to keep learning and uh, keep sort of uh, pushing their understanding. And, and also like understanding of others um, around them. And if you just if you if you think about traditional finance, I don't know, maybe it was different uh, with engineers um, given your background. But like in traditional finance, um, people who are intellectually curious, they they they, they really don't get too far um, uh, because you just get bored, right? Like you get bored really quick. And uh, that's what a lot of people don't sort of realize is that we are actually attracting the most intellectually curious talent. And, you know, maybe they didn't go to Ivy League or maybe they didn't have a 4.0 GPA or maybe they didn't come from Goldman Sachs or whatever. But um, those are the people you want to build a new sort of financial system. And again, no one's talking about it. So, uh, yeah, up only. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think that's a pretty positive note to end on, up only, um, unless you had anything else that you wanted to cover. No, no, I think we can wrap it up. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in once again, and thanks AG for all your thoughts. Great. Thanks, everyone.